Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 306 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. Happy spring. Happy spring. We're going to talk about spring today and spring with our families and little spring memories and traditions with our kids. I'm really excited about this. But first, we don't usually do this, but can you and I just like take a breath, take a minute? We are recording on a Friday afternoon and it has been a crazy week. Do you feel like that? Oh, my goodness. This is actually for me, it's been like two crazy weeks right in a row. So I um, I launched Mother of Reinvention, my new podcast this week, which was supposed to launch last week. Then we had some glitches, but I was still working on it like all last week. And then this week it was like the oh, no, for real, it's going to actually launch. So now there's all this stuff to do. And, you know, like you kind of forget how much work there is to get something off the ground, because the way you and I do this show, like there's just we're on this nice it's not like it's autopilot. We work really hard and we work a lot, but, and I know you do a lot of the um, editing stuff, so I don't have to, but it just feels like you forget what a push there is to get something new out there, even if it's something you're used to doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. For those who haven't heard anything about Mother of Reinvention, do you want to just plug yourself real quick? Sure. So I launched a brand new podcast that is aimed at, um, I guess, like a slightly... I'm going to say not necessarily older, but kids are starting to move into a different place. So it's called Mother of Reinvention because it's really aimed at women who are entering a different phase of their lives. So whether that's because your kids are getting older, you have more time on your hands, maybe you're um, facing a career pivot, um, a divorce. Like there's just so many ways that we reinvent our lives, especially like going towards our 40s um, and beyond. And so I just wanted to do something that kind of spoke to where I am in life and where I know a lot of our really longtime listeners have gotten to. Um, yeah. and so there's a lot of excitement around it. I just think this is kind of an, this is a needed, like the niche is pretty wide open in podcast land. There's not a lot of content aimed specifically at this group and it's been really fun. So it's like me, I kind of, and, um, lead in 
to the topic for a few minutes and then I interview somebody who has something interesting to say about, you know, a topic that has to do with reinvention. And um, we dropped two episodes for the launch. So we dropped an episode with Jessica Ashley, who's a divorce um, coach, and Zena Dalla, who is a wellness coach and a posture expert and has had a really interesting life um, career pivot wise and stuff like that. So it's even we only have two episodes out there, but like they're pretty diverse in terms of what is covered. Yeah. And then it drops Thursdays. So by the time our listeners hear this, there'll be a third episode coming in just a couple of days. So we'll make sure to link that up so you can all subscribe and go leave a review and help get Mother of Reinvention launched with a big splash. I'm excited. I feel like this week was so crazy that even even I haven't like taken a real moment to help celebrate with you. So yeah, we were That's us doing it, it right now. Clinky clink. Yeah, yeah clink. <laughs> cheers. It feels like we should have a cheers. It's Friday. It's actually only 1223 my time, but it is Friday. We're starting um, to run toward the end of the day for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm shifting into weekend mode like as we speak. Oh, my gosh. I am. I am there. So we had spring break this week. But what was funny for us is um, anybody who follows me on the Insta saw we took the kids out of school last week and we did three days in the mountains last week, um, which was not my younger kids spring break. We just decided to pull them from school, which pre pandemic Sarah would never do. And post pandemic Sarah's like, it's fine. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but the funny thing about that is they missed Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, last week, we came back, they went to school Thursday, Friday, and then it was spring break. So it's, it's like, we have had two weeks that aren't normal. We did our trip. Um, and then we've been home this whole week and it was actually a really nice, uh, spring break at home. I know we're going to talk a lot today how this spring is different um, than obviously last spring and then even previous springs. But I will say that the pandemic year has taught my kids really how to be home and like kind of be mellow about it. So I had a ton mm-hmm. of work this week. I could not be fun mom, fun spring break mom all the time. Although we tried to do one thing every day, we would like hit up a coffee shop or you know, go run an errand and combine it with getting a treat or something. But really like uh, Brian works full, full time and I work like aggressively part time and the kids had to amuse themselves and they had a little bit of like screen time to look forward to every day. They had chores to do and it like it just kind of went smoothly. And I, I feel like taking a pause to kind of acknowledge that because some of that is all the growing pains we've had to go through with having kids home so much and yeah. them them learning how to keep each other busy, how to stay out of mom and dad's hair when they're working. And I know that my kids are way older than some of you listening. You can't do that with a two, four and six year old. But um, it was it was pleasant, but it was very um, it was a very full week because I was working all of my normal amount of work and then I had you know, kids who wanted to play and go do things and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Busy for both of us and, and mine, um, their spring break is week after next, but the schools are like going to a remote, well, Clara's school is going to remote next week because there's been a little mini breakout, um, in her classroom. So we had actually pulled the kids two days ago, not for a break, but because we were like, Oh boy, we see the writing on the wall. And I like, I do not want my kids to be quarantined right before spring break because we're actually going on spring break this year. We're going to go spend some time in the mountains as well. So like, I, I was like, Oh boy, Oh boy. So yeah. it's just been, yeah, all those things kind of collided. Um, yeah. but the weather's been nice. So there you go. Well, that's Hey, the, that's so- the upside. 
that is one of the things we're going to talk about today. And so we're, we're doing a whole episode about spring. And here's where I was thinking about this. You know, when we were approaching like the first week of March and everyone online was reflecting what their lives were like before the shutdown. So like one year ago in February, I was on a girl's trip or da da da. There was a lot of that online and people were reflecting on like how abruptly things changed at the beginning of March. Well, now we're now fully into the end of March, about to be April. So now if you look back a year, I'm finding it's almost the opposite. Like the, a year ago was the, the most extreme of the shutdown where I was very little certainty about what was going to happen, but also it had started to sink in. We were past the point where we right. thought it was going to be two weeks. Like, I think we were by early April, like we were really, um, in it, most of us all over the country, the United States anyway. And so now if you, you know, if you use time hop or your Facebook memories or whatever, like now it's almost like we're, we're, things are looking up in a lot of places. There's a lot of optimism and many of us, our lives are more free March, 2021 than they were a year ago. And that's like a flip-flop. If you look at the February's, does that make sense? Like what I'm yeah. trying to get at? Yeah. Well, I think that for when I'm looking back at it a year ago feels like when I finally like accepted reality and was hunkering down. And I don't remember if at this point, if I, if I was really thinking it was going to be super lengthy, I think there was still at this point a little bit, cause we were really only like two weeks into school yeah. closing. I think there was still a little bit of um, misplaced optimism, sure. but we were starting to get used to what was happening. And so the way I look at it is we were really hunkering down. Like we were, like we were accepting it and we were sort of in the early stages of just like, okay, here's what it's going to be. And I was like making pancakes at noon every day in my pajamas <laughs> and kind of like you and I were re were looking at our, our content schedule and, and shifting it to make it more like doable with kids at home and all this stuff. Yeah. Right. And now it's like the opposite. I am proud to say, um, I have not been in my pajamas past nine, uh, nine or maybe 10 AM a couple mm -hmm. times, like on the weekends in several months now. Nice. So there you go. Uh, maybe there's like one time on a Saturday or something, but for the most part, I get up and I get dressed because I know even I'm not really, I'm, I'm not really going places, but like, I kind of feel like I could, and my kids are going to school. There's like a reason to get up and do stuff. Right. Yeah. And, um, I just had my first uh, dose of the vaccine the other day, which was kind of a surprise. I didn't expect them to open it up to my age group, but my County has been able to do that because, um, I guess either the doses, like either the, we have more available here, or maybe it's not being utilized by yeah, people in higher risk groups. People, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, um, they really, they opened it up and did a mass vaccination event, which I just think is such a funny term, but anyway, the other day at the community college and I got my first shot. So now I'm like, Ooh. Oh my gosh. So like most, all my teacher friends have had both of theirs. And I have a lot of teacher friends and other friends who have been able to get both. And so I'm like, well, in a month, I feel like we're just moving forward. And yeah. like, there's going to be times when I can get together with my other fully vaccinated friends yes, and not have to worry about anything. Yeah. It's going to be normally ish. I know. I know. There was a, <laughs> a really great podcast episode that I'll link to in the show notes. It's, it's now a week or so old and I know things change so fast, but, um, there's just a lot. It was on the Ezra Klein show and, and it just had a lot of, of scientific. I read the transcript you sent me. Yeah. Okay. So I, I'm yeah. going to call it scientific optimism, like still very yeah. data centered, but, um, 
just there's a lot of hope in the air. There's a lot of spring in the air. It's coinciding with the weather warming up. And so, you know, we're not I mean, we're not going to Pollyanna this like we're not we're not over. It's not over. But I think it's worth celebrating spring because last spring, last year, this time we really didn't even get a spring like our kids didn't get to hunt for Easter eggs like anywhere. We were like afraid to go out outside practically. So I feel like it's a double spring. It's like last year was the spring that didn't happen. And so this year feels like, I don't know, doubly hopeful or something. I remember last year um, going into the store to get groceries. And this is really when it was like, you get in, first of all, you don't go very much. You go as Mm -hmm. little as you can and you get in and you get out. And I happened to go the long way around because the way the Meyer, which is like our local kind of big box store, Mm -hmm. it's laid out where all the foods at the left and all of the house stuff is on the right. And for some reason I had to go to the right. I don't remember why. And I passed this big display of like, Easter stuff and potted plants and like all these things. Mm-hmm. And I briefly paused to like just throw things in my cart for the kids for Easter and felt really, really guilty. Like yeah. I felt terrible that I had gone off the beaten path and yeah. was like casually shopping, even though right. there was nobody around. Like I right. was, I was like, you know, 50 feet from the first, the, the nearest person, but it felt yeah, like everyone was just so antsy and scared. And and that's, you know, I think masking has made that different for a lot of people yes. for a while now. Right. But like it it still, um, it was a very, yeah, it was not like a, we didn't really get a real spring. So no. I'm excited we- to dig in. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor Meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor Meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle, whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR50 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. 
In addition to their cookware and tableware, our place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right. So since we kind of are going down this um, COVID reflection path, anyway, let's stay there for a bit. and, And let's just both maybe share a couple of things that are happening this spring 2021 that did not or could not happen last year. It could be something really small that you're noticing um, or something big you're looking forward to. So wide open. Okay. Well, I don't have anything on my calendar yet, but this is definitely potential um, for happening in the next month or so. I would say my springs are usually my biggest travel time of the year. There's a lot of conferences and events, and I feel like I just end up between like late February and like end of April, early May, I usually go on at least two, sometimes as many as four or five trips, just kind of depending Mm -hmm. on the year. And I'm talking like trips where I fly and stay in a hotel. And last year I didn't do any of that, except I did the very, very tail end of non-COVID. I squeezed in one trip to a conference in Florida. So that was like the first weekend of March and things were starting to get weird, but they, it was kind of like the minute I walked back in the door after the trip, everything just shut down is what it felt like. Um, But I have not been in an airport. I have not, you know, I've had, I've stayed at a hotel a couple of times just for like necessity, but Mm -hmm. nothing is the same at hotels. They're not doing the ones I stayed at. There wasn't like room service. It just wasn't the same. Um, and so the other day I got a notice, well, a couple weeks ago now, I got the notice of the last flight I took and the last hotel room um, club sandwich I ever ate Aww. on Facebook. And I was like, thanks a lot, Facebook. But it just made me miss that whole experience, that whole feeling like you're going someplace. I love airports. I love hotels. I just like to be around kind of like in the mix of strangers and a bustling mm-hmm. activity and kind of wonder where everyone's going, what they're doing. It feels very anonymous. It's like, an airport to me feels like a huge, fun restaurant land that's yeah. just there to just tide you over till you get where you're going next. And I think it's super fun. So it's been a long time and I'm looking forward to that. It probably won't be for like a month, but um, yeah. I think sometime this spring that'll happen. That's very exciting. Well, mine is tangentially related to travel and strangers, and that is I am looking forward to having a house guest. So for real, my mother-in-law is flying out from Connecticut in mid-April. She is uh, she's now uh, probably 10 days post second vaccine. I mean, she will be well past all of the vaccination milestones herself. We are low risk. That's considered allowable. And actually, um, this is a side note, but California is really going to accelerate all adults pretty quickly here, too. So, um, you know, we moved during COVID and we moved because of COVID. And everybody knows that I've been talking about it. And I am so grateful. It's a weird feeling, actually, because I don't I don't like COVID and I don't like a global pandemic. But I also wouldn't be living here in this house if not for it. Um, But the the kind of extra layer is that we have this wonderful home and we have more space in the house and more space on our property and in, in just like an incredible town. And there's been like no way to show it off. And I know that sounds like, obviously that's like a first world problem, but I get a lot of joy out of bringing people into my home, house guests, dinner guests, um, 
you coming to visit. Like, it's just a big part of my life and I've really missed it. So my mother-in-law will be here for a couple of weeks in the second half of April. And I am super excited. I hope that you come visit. Like, I'm just, I'm excited for my home to like <laughs> live to its full potential, like have more yeah. people in it than the five of us. So very excited. Okay. So I'm just going to piggyback on that and say, oh my gosh, I know. Yeah. So I will say my sister did visit really briefly in the fall. And then I had a, um, a couple friends and their baby stayed over one night last summer when the kids weren't here and they just like stayed in one of the kids' bedrooms. And then we like kind of social distance around the pool. Other than that, I have not had any house guests in well over a year now. And I have not been a guest at anyone else's house and even longer, like maybe the holidays of 2019, maybe that long ago. It's been a long time. And I love both being a house guest and having house guests. So Sarah, if I get to be your house guest soon, then wouldn't that like that would scratch the itch for both of us? Yes, you would get an airport or two or three because it's yeah, I'd get and I'd get to be a house guest. <laughs> yep, you'd get and to you'd be get a house to have guest. a house guest and you wouldn't have to go anywhere. It's like perfect. I know. Yeah, exactly. And I get to stay in my house. Yeah, you're right. It's a perfect, <laughs> a perfect marriage. Well, listeners, you will all know when Megan gets to come visit me and we're crossing our fingers for May, early June, something like that. Yeah. I mean, I think by that point, we'll both probably be all shot it up and yep. Yep. Yeah. That would so. be amazing. Um, okay. Well, yes. Looking forward to that. Okay. Um, here's a fun one. I actually am quite enjoying the return of spring sports on TV. And I myself am not, I can take or leave sports, but I'm very easily caught up in the people around me. And I think you're kind of yeah. like this too. And, yes, and my, I am. my husband is a huge major league baseball fan, like cup, like die, die hard Cubs, um, down to the, the nerdy baseball type, you know? And so last year was truly heartbreaking. There was no baseball. And and in the early spring is when, you know, spring training happens and we used to live in Arizona. It's a big deal there. And then the first game. So we missed the timing of COVID spring training was immediately canceled. And then there just was no season until July, I think is when they started that shortened season. And poor Brian, it's like, he looks forward to opening day and, and the, the kickoff of baseball season. It's like a big deal for him. And so last year in the, in the, deep part of the shutdown, we did like a Cubs themed family day where we put on the 2016 world series game, like on TV <laughs> and the kids and that, I, yeah. yeah, the kids and I like surprised him with baseball food and we wore our Cubs gear and we played baseball in the backyard. And it's kind of quaint looking back. Like we, we had to like, there was nothing to do. This is in the time when like nothing was happening, no right. school, no. And so I, looking back, that was kind of sweet, but I, I'm appreciating that, you know, now this is the time of my life where baseball will be on in the background almost all the time. Um, we like March madness. Like we like the basketball tournament. We always fill out brackets as a family, even though we don't really care about this. We have a couple of teams we care about, but, um, so I'm just appreciating the return of mainstream, like spring sports because they were definitely missing. And it wasn't till summer and fall. I feel like that the other sports got it together. You know, there was a football season and it, it hasn't been a whole year for everything, but it, it baseball was not happening this time last year. So this, okay. So that, and then my comment about shopping and um, all of these things, I don't really know how to define this thing that I'm looking forward to, but it's like not being under this specter of abnormal anymore. Even if it's just sometimes, like, even mm -hmm. if it just means like my friends and I who are able to do it 
can have a backyard fire pit where no one worries about being too close to someone else. It, like something like that. Or even if it just feels like I just, I would love, and I think it's going to happen in some circumstances, not all, but I think some things are going to start to feel just kind of normal without that. Like, how do I behave? Is it okay yeah. to get, you know, close to somebody like all of those things. And I'm not going to lie and say I haven't hugged anyone in a year or something like that. I have, but it's just, it's always had this feeling over it. Like, do you, so I have my, my mask and then I turn my face away and like, is this person in my bubble enough to be close to them? And like, if they're not, how do I explain that? I just feel like there's this yeah. mental calculus that's happening at all times right now. And even if it's just a few times, I'd like to just be able to relieve that or release it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do think that's coming. I do too. I do too. Well, my last one is just kind of a, like a general statement that I feel like this spring is the first time I have felt, um, brave enough to make future plans. <laughs> and for those of us who like to plan ahead, it was really hard. I mean, it was hard on everyone, of course, but the planners in us, like it got squashed a year ago. And I talked with yeah. Kendra, the lazy genius about this when I interviewed her last month that, um, not to diminish the true hardship that COVID brought on, on so many families, but for a lot of people, it was very, um, it was like a grieving of not being able to look forward to things. And I mean, I spent all of last spring canceling plans. I felt like, I felt like week after yeah. week, it was like, oh no, that's not going to happen. And, and I had a busy spring and summer planned last year. Um, so I am feeling tiptoeing, like tentatively hopeful and excited about things like summer travel. And, and I don't have set plans that just, just like you said, looking forward to airports, but my, the emotional side of planning, the fun of anticipation is starting to like reawaken. I know that sounds so cheesy, yeah. but I can feel like that part of myself coming back and thinking about like, holy moly, the kids could actually do a summer camp, like a real summer camp, not like some really restricted, like outdoors in masks, but like, I think a lot of kids activities might look pretty close to normal this summer. And like, just like my mind is kind of blown by the idea that I could plan a few months ahead. So that feels like springy, like, like a new awakening. So. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that that just speaks to like what I was just saying too, is just that feeling of not having every hope dashed, not yeah. having every social situation under this like cloud but just something that feels the way it, we always used yeah. to have it feel. And yeah. it doesn't have to be all the time, but it'd be nice to have it be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, now we're going to go back and think about springtime when our kids were little. And so many of our listeners have little kids. So um, I can go first on this, but I thought we could just share what we remember, some of our sweet memories of springtime in the, in the trenches years when we had a bunch of little kids. Um, so I'll go first and my memories are all in Arizona cause we lived there when I was having my babies and my kids were really little and March in Arizona is spectacular. It's my very favorite month in the desert. It was always really busy. We had lots of visitors and guests because everyone likes to visit and do their spring break in Arizona. We often even had, um, visitors who weren't really there to see us. It was like people we, well, people we knew from college, like say like good yeah. friends, but not, not friends like who would come and stay with us, but they happened to be doing a golf trip or a spring break trip. And so we'd get to see people from our, you know, past Chicago lives. And so there was lots to do. Um, there's splash pads everywhere for kids in Arizona. Like every outdoor mall has a splash pad and you would just take your littles and you'd get like a coffee and you'd chat with your friends. And 
the kids would run in the water and it was that's starting from March on it's warm enough. And, um, I, I remember starting a lot of swim lessons. So lots of pool time, um, enjoying the weather before it got too hot. Um, and, and one little memory that came back is any time in Arizona where it had been a while since we'd been to the playground or been to a park. Um, it always just struck me that my babies and kids were like a whole stage older than they have than they had been. Yeah. And I'm sure you remember this from long winters. Um, but like the baby who'd been in a sling is now ready for this, the baby swing. And like the kid who needed help to go up the playground equipment is now doing it by themselves. And there's something it just was always very striking and a reminder of how much my kids had grown if we hadn't been outside in a while. So Arizona is kind of weird. It's, it's more likely I had that experience coming out after a long summer than a winter, but it's still, it's all related. And March was just a really happy and very busy and very outdoor time in Arizona. It sounds like June here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I would say March and April, um, are just a crapshoot in Michigan. I mean, some years it's lovely and some years it's just basically winter, you yeah. know, like just a little, maybe a 10 degree warmer winter, but still snowing and, or slushy, um, frozen ground. So there's always like, from the mom's point of view, especially when my kids were little, I mean, I still obsess about the weather, but when my kids were really little, I obsessed about the weather obsessively. Um, (laughs) and then there was like that first day. And even if it was just one day, it would be hard to get your hopes up. But like, if it was like a day or two in a row that you could like load all the little ones up in the wagon and pull them around the block in the sunshine, or you could you know, put the little baby or the two babies in the double stroller or whatever, and go for a nice long walk. And the older ones toddling alongside didn't complain because for many years, my reality was several, you know, maybe a sling baby, maybe a stroller baby, and then some walk ciders Yeah. Um, And yeah. And the walk ciders really have to be into it because if they're not, the whole thing kind of falls apart. Right. They'll sit down and just like refuse. Right. Or complain the whole time. Right. So but on the days it worked out, you would have these like rosy cheeked babies and they might get hot and pull off their hat. And, you know, that Twitter pateness that we talked yes. about. Um, it's just that ah uh, feeling. Yeah. I also remember a lot of mud. Mm. And for a mom, mud is a hassle. But I also have all these great memories of like little ones splashing in mud puddles and their adorable rubber rain boots and just all of those fun. They're so classic. Like they're yeah. just, um, Norman rock or like Rockwell painting type yeah. memories. And I, I do also remember, you know, stopping kids at the door and be like, no, get your boots yeah. off before you Stop. come in. Stop. But it also was just, it was like a hopeful time of year. And so I, those memories now are kind of all tinged with a little rosy glow. Sure. Definitely. And the change from winter, like you're yeah. right. Even if you had to deal with mud, it was the sign of something around the bend. And I think that's like such a theme of spring. Um, Well, another thing I can't separate from memories of when my kids were little when it comes to spring is birthdays because I have a late April and a very first of June birthday. So there was a lot of birthday talk of birthday parties, planning and prep. And then because of how I met my like group of mom friends in Arizona, we met through like a new baby group at the hospital. So everyone's babies were basically born around the same time and we became friends. So there was like a whole gaggle of April, May birthdays. And then the siblings came along and not all the siblings also had spring birthdays. Um, but it just felt like along with that Arizona weather, there were a lot of really low key, sweet 
outdoor family birthday, family and friend birthday parties. And I'm not talking about the birthday parties, like where you get invited to the whole preschool class and you don't know the parents and you stand around awkwardly. These were like friends we had made as little like baby grownups with our little baby families. And we would have a barbecue or go to a park or be at a pool. And that was like our social life. And it was just every little, every kid that had a birthday, not just mine, but you know, my friend's kids too. It was something to do on the weekend. And it was kind of a celebration of these little kids getting older and then they were two and then they were three. And so I have very happy memories of, of those family gathering birthday parties in the spring when my kids were little. I was just thinking how Clara was my only spring birthday baby. So um, she always got a better party because yeah. I had the bandwidth for it. But yeah. it also there's something really fun about that kind of backdrop. So one thing in Michigan, there is a big shift between the kinds of things that little kids play with outdoors in like January versus what they play with in April. Um, and this was like the time of year that I would go scout out bubbles and sidewalk chalk. Mm. They were always in my kids' Easter baskets. But if it was a an early spring and maybe a, like a late Easter that year, mm-hmm. I would go start to find them early. And there was just that that feeling of getting to watch them through the window playing with all their stuff, like their new outdoorsy stuff, and just knowing they'd be out for a while burning off steam. And it was always just like a really, it's just a very cheerful and like colorful, literally colorful memory. Yeah. I mean, even though the places I've lived do not have traditional long winters, we still like would bust out sidewalk chalk and bubbles more in the spring. And, And both all the places I've lived have, you know, short little winters that include a lot of rain in January and February. So even for us, there's that like, okay, the sidewalks are dry. The daylight savings makes it stay light later. So I love that. And um, yeah, I, I makes me want to bust out the sidewalk chalk. Okay. Well, my last one, this is really silly, but I mean, the outfits for babies and toddlers are so cute in the spring. Yes. And I mean, I can't imagine for you because you also had like real functional winter layers that like would just be annoying. And I didn't have that, but there was something about the the florals and the prints. And I have this very specific memory and I'll have to dig up a photo because I have a photo, but Violet's born in January. So she was about three months. It was probably April and she was outgrowing all the newborn stuff. And, you know, with the newborn stuff, there's a lot of pale pink and white and it was all hand me down. So it was kind of faded. And I went to the consignment store, kid to kid, where I used to shop and everything, all the baby clothes were like $4 each. And I probably bought 15 little secondhand rompers in every color, but pale pink, like literally anything. So there was like all these like bright florals or like it'd be Royal blue polka dots or red and, you know, gingham. And I just brought him home and I was like, like, it was like playing doll with my baby. Right. And she wasn't even my first baby. She was my third baby. And they had those, remember those kind of stretchy crochet headbands that you could put around your baby's head. And then there were these flower clips. So you could like change out the flower that you, it was like decorating my baby. And I just yes. remember being I think I was probably coming out of the fog too of, of postpartum. She was like, a, like I said, about three months old. So that's the one memory, but I think there's other memories of just cute rompers and like little dresses and like, Oh, just spring clothes and um, dressing my littles when they were those cute little outfits was really fun. Yeah. Those little, those little um, puffy like bloomer things. Yes. Exactly. And here you would usually still have to have a pair of tights on your baby, but the dress might be short and it might be the tights with like the ruffles on the butt. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. So cute. I will dig up that, that photo of um, like romper bonanza. <laughs> 
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so let's talk about the actual like natural environment around us in the springtime. Um, This is wide open. You can talk about what you really appreciate and love about where you live like as it is right now, but also any memories you have of bringing the kids outdoors in springtime besides those muddy puddles you touched on. Yeah. So you go first. Okay. I mean, everything comes alive here as soon as there are a few like sunny days in a row. And it's crazy how quickly it happens. It's like one day it is gray and there's snow on the ground and everything is dreary. And then suddenly the birds are out and things are popping up through the, you know, through the sidewalk cracks and stuff like that. So Um, I remember very specifically going out looking for worms on the sidewalk after Mm -hmm. it rained. Um, And especially those days when it was kind of like a warm rain day and maybe the sun's coming out and you're out with your like little two or three year old looking at worms and Mm -hmm. looking and pointing out little sprouts. And then when the kids got a little older, I'd send the kids out with their little craft scissors to cut flowers, Um, tulips and daffodils just randomly pop up like at every yard I've ever lived in. They don't Aww. seem like anyone ever intentionally planted them. They're just like, if there's a flower bed, there's tulips just randomly. And they don't usually look great because they're not, they don't really look like they were meant to be there. It's okay. just so weird. I don't think I'm, um, I, I probably just not careful enough about my landscaping, but anyway, 
<laughs> so I would send them out to cut them. And, you know, often they would bring you like a handful of dandelions instead. Oh, yeah. And those would go right into a vase too, or a jar of water on the counter. A little bit later, um, lilac walks. That's really more like May. And that okay. season is very, very short. But there's just so much blooming. And that creates so much excitement with little ones in this, yeah. um, in this area. So that's really fun. Yeah, I love that. Um, I have to say, it's easy for me to get kind of envy of traditional, like, like you said, um, what did you call it? Not like a magazine, but like, oh, like Norman Rockwell. Like, um, yeah. I've lived in these places that don't have a traditional four seasons, you know, climate. And of course, I can't complain because I have a lot of sunshine. But sometimes it leaves you feeling like, okay, well, I, I don't really have, there are no crocuses here. There aren't daffodils right. popping up. Um, and so I forget to notice what we do have, but the truth is all the places I've lived have definitely had blooming in the spring. And so I think I, I'm better at noticing those things now, even than I was when my kids were little, maybe I just kind of had blinders on, but, um, I, yeah, I, the same, I love noticing buds on trees. This is our first year here in Santa Barbara, which climate wise is about the same as orange County, but we're just in a much more rural area. So there's much more of spring to look at. So it's, it's a more subtle change than you have. And it's not like we're trying to get rid of winter because our winters are very mild. Um, but I'm noticing things just like buds on trees, little, um, we have our rose bushes get cut back in the winter and there are already rose blooms. So I'm enjoying it this year, especially because this is this yard is new to us. Um, and yeah, I've, I've tried to bring the kids into that appreciation as well. Well, Sarah, I know you're going to talk um, a little more about gardening and like the memories that you have of maybe not gardening with your kids, but just a memory around that. But like I have last year was probably the first year we had a real legit veggie garden. But every year we try to plant something um, mm -hmm. and that might just be like herbs in a container right outside the door. And it might be a tomato plant or something like that. But last year, of course, and this is one of the blessings of COVID, right? We all went a little, we all went a little crazy with it. Yeah. And um, <laughs> that was really fun to involve the kids in. But I also remember when they were really little, kind of involving them. And there was a little more, I don't know, awe or mystique around mm -hmm. it when they were small. I mean, now it's kind of like, oh, cool, you can grow things. But I kind of knew that. And I just remember that feeling of like them being so enraptured by a bud coming yeah. up that we had planted and that they knew they had pushed the seed into the ground with their own little chubby finger. That was yeah. really fun. Yeah. I'll say that, um, a lot of teachers do some kind of seed planting in the classroom. And if you're, you know, if you've had, if you got missed out on a kindergarten year or a first grade year, um, you know, your kids will get to do it again. But that was always a good reminder to me. Like my kids would come home with some little Dixie cup with dirt in it and something they'd planted at preschool. And I'm like, oh yeah, we should plant something. So <laughs> right, yeah. I feel like I, it has taken me longer to get to that gardening phase. Um, but I actually have a memory of planting. Well, this is like a really little kid memory. I was probably in preschool planting bulbs or my mom planting bulbs. And then, and this is when we still lived in Oregon. So I was in a four season climate and the the first shoots of the bulbs popped up on Easter Sunday. And I just remember my mom's reaction thinking it was just such like such wonderful timing and such kind of a miracle to go along with Easter. And yeah, so I, I carry that forward in that, like you said, it, there's something 
very special about watching little shoots come up. And even if you're just planting like a bean sprout and you watch it grow and it doesn't turn into anything else, I think that's really fun. Um, I also, I think we mentioned this last year in some episode during COVID, but the butterfly, um, the, the caterpillars you can order from the internet, it's insect lore is the main catalog and they will cocoon and turn into butterflies and you can release them. That is still a thing. I, we actually did it last year during COVID. Um, and I did it with my kids all the time when they were preschoolers, it's like 30 bucks and it's a pretty foolproof kit. Like it's not hard. You just watch caterpillars over the course of about three weeks become butterflies. And that is really fun. I know we've definitely talked about it before, but I kind of forgot about that one. That was another fun thing to do with the kids. Oh, I love that. I, I have never done a butterfly house, or, but not for any, like, not because I don't want to. I just always kind of forget until I feel like the opportunity has sort of passed. But yeah, we've definitely been the benefactors of many family members and friends who've done them. And that's really fun. Yeah. And I, I guess this time of year when my kids were little and this kind of waned when when they got older and just I think there is something about having little kids where you're so eager to get out with them that you'll do any like you'll take advantage of any good weather just to get out of the house and go like get them outside. And I think that waned a little bit as my big kids turned into teenagers and became a little less, you know, desirous to go on hikes and things. But there was definitely a period of time when I would take all five kids and then often Jenna and her kids would go and we would take them on hikes. And there's lots of nature centers around here. I have a really, um, specific memory of a picture of Clara and a baby backpack on a hike that I'll dig up and maybe we can put it in the show notes. But like then the boys would be all lined up on a little footbridge or poking sticks at frogs. And we did a lot of that stuff when they were little and then kind of stopped for a while and then started again. But now we just do it in a more grown up way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I would also say for early elementary kids and some of my preschoolers, this was the time of year when they'd schedule a lot of outdoor field trips. And of all the sorts of field trips, those are my least unfavorite. Oh, to go like you would go like be a I chaperone. Would, yeah, I would chaperone. Wow. <laughs> I'm not saying I loved it, but I'm saying I didn't hate it as much because there's so, just something like the noise carries away from you a little bit. Like it's just it's dull. the noise is dull. The kids are so like, I don't know, something about being inside with like masses of small children who are like all wanting to touch me and stuff just like gives me the heebs for some reason, but it's, which sounds terrible. I love children. I love my oh, children. Yeah, no, no we were, um, it's well just, documented. Yes. that we, It's almost like they all turn into ants at that point, but like really <laughs> germy ants, like crawling all over you. And then, um, for some reason, the outdoor stuff just felt a little more fun and a little more manageable to me. So I just didn't hate it as much. I'm so fascinated by this. What type of outdoor field trips would it be? Like a it farm? would usually be like going to the same places I would have taken my kids anyway. So like hiking, okay, um, like you know, nature. like the nature centers, they used to do a big one, like at a working farm. Yeah. Um, that was really fun. That was always in the spring. I went, I went to that one maybe three or four times. Um, and I would bring the, the small kid with me and just carry them around. So yeah, yeah. Like whoever the baby sibling was would go along and that was really fun. And so it just, I found them more enjoyable and I didn't start to get that. Like, I remember even getting bored and sort of um, uh, antsy on field trips when I was a kid. So then as an adult trying to go on a child's indoor field trip and like listen to someone talk or like all the standing around that happens. I mean, it just. uh, No, no, I know. And if you're if you're new around here, it's well documented that 
Megan and I love our schools and we actually love helping our schools in certain ways, but neither of us is a field trip chaperone and we don't feel bad about that. Um, my association with outdoor field trips though, is being hot. And that's because of the places I've lived. And I really don't like to be hot as we know. So I would never happen here during the school year. Right. So it's for us, it's like pumpkin patch and they try to go as late as possible. And October is so hot here. And it's just like, you're trying to pretend it's all fall and it's just not. So it's much more likely here that it would be rainy and just kind of crappy. Yeah. But I'll take that over hot for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, let's finish up by talking about Easter. So this episode's airing the Tuesday before Easter. And so likely if you're listening, you already kind of have maybe thought about your plans, but, um, I thought it would be fun just to talk about like what our little family Easter traditions have been. Um, we do have a whole episode about this that I'll link up to. So this, we can keep this kind of short and sweet today, but what Easter traditions do you want to talk about? Or maybe something you're looking forward to this year? Well, um, our traditions have always been basically to, um, hide Easter baskets and hide chocolates. And some years we've gone to church, some we haven't. Um, that's really been dependent on a lot of other factors, but those two things have been a goat, a a through line, um, throughout. And I finally had to find a chocolate egg brand that had five different colors. Like, you know, they're foil wrapped Yeah, because that's the only way to not have the big kids find them all, mm, you know, first I of all, like they're all it. tall. Yeah. They're taller than the small ones. So they're going to find all the up high ones and they find the low ones and they'll eat up all the candy. So I instead would buy several bags of um, brands that had five different colors. And then you're that. only allowed to collect your own color, which I did really reduce a lot of those problems. Um, and Easter baskets is hilarious because I have kids in my family who shall remain nameless, who are terrible finders. It's <laughs> like they can't see. And I mean, I'm talking about people who are adults and they just like, they're the ones still wandering around and their younger siblings have found everyone's baskets and are just kind of patiently waiting or impatiently waiting for the older sibling to find his basket. And it's, and I try to make it pretty easy. And I always think, oh, it's too easy. Every year I think I'm making this way too easy. And then, um, yeah, they still don't find them. So yeah. And then this year, um, this is my first ever year that I like in 23 years now that I won't have my kids on Easter. So oh. it's okay. Like life changes. And, um, now, you know, this is, I think the fifth Easter since the divorce and we have managed to find a way to combine all of our major holidays every mm-hmm. year. And I think we're just at a point where it doesn't make a lot of sense anymore, especially cause I'm taking the kids on a real spring break this year. And so okay. I'll have them for a whole week. And so it just made more sense for John to have the whole weekend, um, mm-hmm. which includes Easter. So it's okay. Like we had a good long run. I, I know things change, but I'm a little bit bummed about it. Yeah, that will be a little bit of a bummer. Maybe you can do like Easter yoga, sunrise yoga or something really Megany. I'll just, morning. you know, I'm going to find a way to enjoy it and I, and it'll be fine. I mean, we can just, when, it's always been me hiding everything anyway, so I'll just hide it. And then when they get home Monday, we can yeah. do it all and it's not going to yeah. be a big deal, but it's just one of those, oh, I know I can't yeah. have it all. Um, but it was kind of a bummer of a moment to figure yeah. that out. Um, so my children are very excited about our backyard that is new to us this year because it is much bigger than our previous yard. And I want to say it's been like months that they've been talking about. It will be so fun to look for baskets and eggs in this yard. So 
The bunny has a lot to live up to this year, I guess, because there's a lot more space. There's a lot more places to hide stuff. So usually there are there are baskets hidden, often outdoors, sometimes indoors, depending on the weather. But usually outdoors, the baskets are hidden. And then plastic eggs are also hidden. And we also do color coding for that, too. So just like you, you found the chocolate eggs that you could like assign a color to each yeah. kid. Ours are like the filled plastic eggs. And there's usually a color per kid. It's just um, a smart hack. <laughs> it took me too long to figure it out. It is a smart <laughs> hack. And when I was growing up, we just hunted for our baskets. And inside our baskets might be filled plastic eggs. But the filled plastic eggs weren't also hidden. But my children have a bunny who goes above and beyond. So there's they ha- they hunt for try hard bunny. Yeah, try hard bunny. <laughs> Um, so they'll look forward to that. Um, we, we do not go to church on Easter. And in fact, the day of Easter is often kind of just, just the five of us. We don't usually have like any, even in non COVID times, it's not typically when we'd be with extended family or, um, have any big dinner. So I actually, a lot of what I think of with Easter is more the, the anticipation, the planning and the prep. And we do, we dye eggs. We love to dye eggs. And I will say it has gotten so much more fun the last like three years since Violet's, but since the youngest was say six, um, we've like gotten more adventurous with like the egg dye kits that we get and the techniques that we try. And it's actually like when the kids can all do it on, on their own, then I can, you know, dye some eggs too, or do a craft of my own. So I find it I find the creative side fun. And then, um, so that's dyeing eggs, which we, we would usually do a few days before, I guess you could just do it on Easter Sunday or the day before. I feel like we usually do ours like a week before. Cause the kids are mm. just excited, I guess. Um, and then we make our cake shaped like a lamb every year, which I've Very talked cute. about before. Yes. It's like a mold, like a cake mold, cake pan. And that tradition came from Brian's side. He grew up with his grandma always making one. And I had never seen or heard of this until I married into that family. And I was like, well, that's adorable. And when my kids got old enough to at least appreciate it, if not help, um, we started doing it. And and I'll I'll link it. Up. I've, I've talked about it before. There is a blog post I follow that has really good tips for getting the cake out of the in and out of the mold pan because it is slightly challenging, which I think is kind of why I like the lamb cake is it feels like the grown up equivalent of like a craft kit or something like it feels like something yeah. that, like a challenge for myself. Now, the kids <laughs> want to help, which is every year I'm like, I should just make my own lamb cake because I really want to do this by myself. But do two lamb cakes. I know two little lambs. lamb cake for them. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a big I bet you could find a small lamb cake. Um mold or something where you could do a big lamb and then baby lambs. Yeah, Although the lamb really is already cute. a baby. Yeah. So <laughs> it would, still it be would just be a big baby. And then it's weird clone tiny like babies weird or something. Miniature lamb. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as we record this, we're recording this on the Friday before the weekend before Easter. I think we're going to do our lamb cake and our egg dyeing. I think this weekend. Oh, one more thing I wanted to mention that we're looking forward to this year. We're having, um, my friend Erica that I grew up with and she has four little kids, seven and under. So she's like in it. They're like ages, like two to seven. And we, we occasionally see them like outside only and the kids wear masks and stuff, but we're going to, my kids are going to hide eggs and do an Easter egg hunt for her kids. And my kids are so excited to like be the bunny to be, to like fill the eggs to hide them. And I, they might like organize a craft. So it's really cute having older kids who think it's fun 
to do that kind of thing with little kids. And then for Erica, it'll be like a huge bonus because she basically gets to bring her little kids to an Easter egg hunt at my house. And her kids won't know that it's not like, you know, a real like it's not like the neighborhood. It's not like, the real it's not thing, like a yes. yeah, like a big official one, but it's big enough because there are four of them and three of mine. And so that's fun. And it's it's cute seeing how excited my kids are to be on the hiding side um, yeah. as well as the finding side. And Violet keeps making it very clear that she still wants to find and she still wants to be able to eat candy. She's not fully she's not fully she's not the, graduated. From no, that no. Yeah. And no. we're doing theirs the day before Easter. So the the one with my friend. So that'll be fun, too. I'm pretty sure if you listen to the Easter episode that we did, um, we've talked, we talked a lot about the different ways we've dyed eggs over the years. Mm-hmm. And I have done it a lot of different ways, uh, including blowing eggs and all yeah. kinds of things. So yeah, definitely check that out. If you're trying to think of like, what's the way to make, like, I don't know, make this easier or more fun with little kids. Like yeah. that's the whole episode. And I feel like egg dyeing is its own. Beast. I know. Um, did we we've talk gone through about, several incarnations of that in our house. Did we sure. talk about hoarding the little wire dippers? Like how you need, yes. you need yep. like, we talked about one. hoarding the yeah. dippers and the crayons. And like, yes, we talked about, I think all, I think we went into like a lot of detail about all <laughs> things egg dyeing in that episode. So yes. people should go check it out for sure. Go check it out. That same episode has a great book list uh, that I did with Katie um, about kids books about Easter. So um, I know we're getting close this year, but you can bookmark it for your library um, hall next year. So, um, well, this was really fun. I am totally feeling springy and hopeful and hopefully our listeners are too. And um, we'll keep everybody posted on our travel plans. Hopefully we'll get to see each other this spring. Um, so yeah, this was fun. It was fun. Um, I just want to quickly remind everyone that my new podcast, Mother of Reinvention, is out with two episodes. If you just go to your podcast app and search Mother of Reinvention, you should be able to find it. I'm not sure if it's on Spotify just yet, but I'm thinking by the time this drops, it should be there. So, um, Or you can just go to motherofreinventionshow.com and that's another good way to find it and find out more about um, find out more about the guests that are on the first couple episodes. Awesome. Well, we also want to remind everybody to check out our sponsor, Nest Designs. Speaking of spring, their spring and summer collection is so cute. When I was talking about like rompers and little cotton outfits, like this is the updated version of whatever I was eyeing, you know, eight years ago. So you can go to nestdesigns.com and use the promo code MOMHOUR and you'll get 10% off of anything in their store except gift cards. Again, that's nestnestdesigns.com and the promo code is MOMHOUR and they have got sleepwear for babies and toddlers and kids and moms, cute pajama sets, lots of very cute spring fabric. So definitely go check that out. Yeah, very cute, very springy, very soft, very cozy. All the things we want right now, right? So yeah, so this has been great and I will be back with a Voices episode on Friday. So we'll talk to you then. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. 
That's Erica with a K, E R I K A dot A P P, and use code the mom hour to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, the Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.